You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the official free podcast of thebarkboard.com. Your one-stop shop for all your Fresno State athletic news. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I am Lucio Reek, being joined by the publisher of the Barkboard, Mr. Jackson Moore. Jackson, how you doing today? Uh, it's been a busy day, but I'm doing well. It's been exciting always as it is on signing day, but it's definitely a, a hectic day, that's for sure. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering if you uh, if you came up for air after today's uh, onslaught of, of recruiting news going on right now. Uh, Fresno State looks like they've got a got a smaller smaller class put together, but uh, an impressive class uh, to say the least. So uh, it, it should be a good one for us to go over, right, Jackson? Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a smaller class. The classes lately have been smaller because of the, the blue shirt rule that Coach Tedford used a lot. They had to kind of spill over from one year to the next over and over. But um, this year, it sounds like um, we're going to have some activity in February. <laughs> a couple of years, it's been everyone signs in December and it's over. But uh, Coach DeVore just said uh, on his uh, press conference that the Bulldogs may have as many as eight spots still to recruit. And so uh, today is a very uh, what we thought was going to be the class he calls a phenomenal start, quote unquote. So we got a lot of action still to go, and I'm glad to hear that. But uh, I mean, even if this was just the class, it's a pretty dang good one. Yeah, it it sounds like this uh, the COVID nineteen really kind of threw a wrench into a lot of recruiting classes uh, going on right now. And I think some of these universities are kind of uh, holding out hope that, you know, high school football will still be played to where they can, they can continue to evaluate some additional players to, to bring them on in February. And uh, that is still a possibility, although it keeps looking like it's going to be slimmer and slimmer for that to happen, Jackson. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that to see if high school football actually goes into gear. If it does, uh, there could be some more additions or there could be some other additions that Fresno State's trying to pick up from um, battles from other universities that they haven't completely won yet. So we'll see what happens here. But to say the least, let's go ahead and get started with the recruits that did sign on the dotted line today for Fresno State. And we're, we're going to go ahead and start off at that quarterback position. Uh, Jalen Henderson, a three-star recruit. Uh, you know, you've got him on our boards showing him as a number 24 dual threat uh, quarterback nationally. Coming in at six foot three, 205 pounds. Sounds like a pretty big boy there. Uh, not not exactly your prototypical size there, Jackson. It looks a little bit bigger than than usual that Fresno State's been able to see here at, uh, at quarterback position. Yeah, definitely. Most recently, I mean, he's going to tower over Jake Hayner when he gets on the campus, even though he's about four years younger. Um, I mean, we the, the recruiting kind of the stars has changed a little bit as we've gotten kind of away from scout and over to 24-7 sports and uh, the composite rankings is, you know, there's a lot of different layers to it. And so every recruit in Fresno State's class is a three-star commit, but there's a, another tier to it. And Henderson's at about the top end of that tier. And he's one of, as far as rankings go, the best quarterbacks Fresno State's ever been able to get to commit uh, based off those rankings, obviously behind Derek Carr, but not too far behind them, to be honest. Uh, Henderson had 28 scholarship offers. Uh, he had just about everyone in the Mountain West, including Boise State, coming after him. He had um, uh, quite a few Power Five schools. There was Northwestern, 
uh, Louisville, and really the team that gave Fresno State the most fits was Vanderbilt. This basically came down to he was either going to go to the SEC and play for Vanderbilt or stay a little closer to home and be a Fresno State Bulldog, and that was the case. And one of the other really cool things about Henderson is that he is actually the cousin of a former Bulldog star defensive end Chris Carter, who played quite a few seasons in the NFL. And so there was a, an extra connection there that the Bulldogs had to, to help get him in. And uh, this was a quarterback that I first uh, interviewed when San Jose State and Hawaii offered him. And I thought, man, you know, Hawaii, of course, run and shoot. They throw the ball a lot. San Jose State had the uh, Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year last year because they threw the ball so much. And but man, this guy just, I mean, he's athletic, but he can sling the ball. He'd just be perfect to one of those two offenses. And lo and behold, Fresno State comes with an offer, and DeBoer sure as heck with the quarterbacks to throw the ball a lot at Fresno State this year. So I think it's going to be a good fit, and um, it's going to allow Fresno State to be as pass-heavy as they want. But as we're about to get to next, uh, there's some really talented running backs coming in too. Yeah, it, it definitely it's going to be a position at the running back uh, that – Fresno State's going to look to try and reload a little bit after losing uh, what looks like it's going to be Ronnie Rivers' last season as a Bulldog. Um, you know, of course, he still has the option to return, but I don't see that happening um, after this season. But uh, at the running back position, one a highly touted running back, a, a, a local hometown hero, uh, Jordan Hornbeak out of uh, San Joaquin Memorial uh, showing up at three stars at a composite of 86-47. Nationally, 33rd running back nationally, six foot, 195 pounds. That's a, that's a lot of meat to be moving around uh, here on the in the backfield, right, Jackson? <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's got the ability to put on some more, too. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he grows when I interviewed him early in the earlier in the process um he had half the pac 12 that offered him and that list includes uh cal colorado oregon state uh utah washington washington state and ucla more than half of the, the pac 12 um and boise state in there too which makes him i mean it's, it's a big commit it's about proper level of, of hometown hero commitment to as fresno state's gotten in the last couple of, of years um you know, when I interviewed him, it was really down to Fresno State and Cal, and he liked to think of himself as a bit of a Marshawn Lynch kind of guy that can uh, be beast mode and can knock some guys around. Um, right now, he's really a versatile back, but it'll be interesting to see how his body changes over the next couple of years. But you know, definitely a guy that was a legitimate Power 5 recruit that Fresno State was able to keep home, and um, obviously a chance that he could play very early for Fresno State, especially if Ronnie Rivers goes off to the NFL. Uh, there's going to be a real opportunity for Hornbeak to be on the field a lot as soon as next season. Yeah, and and if uh, Horn with Hornbeak's size, he he could be the player that kind of kind of is brings the thunder in the backfield. And if he's the one bringing the thunder, the next player will probably be bringing the lightning. Uh, by the looks of it, Jonathan uh, <laughs> Jackson, you're going to have to help me with this last name, <laughs> Jonathan Arsino. Did I get that? You got it. All right. It's so Arsenault, jo- just like Fresno. <laughs> Jonathan <laughs> Arsenault, he's a he comes in at the number fourteen all purpose back nationally at six foot, one hundred and eighty five pounds. Uh, to me, that that means he is going to be the the lightning with the the mo- the agility and the speed uh, to complement that of Hornbeak. Am I am I a little off there, Jackson? No, you're very right, and. Um, 
the you know, Arsenal is kind of a guy that can do a little bit of everything as far as you can put him in the slot. You can put him on kick returns and punt returns. And um, it's, it's interesting because they're both very versatile. But I think ultimately you are going to have Hornbeek that's more of your every down back and Arsenal is more of your game-breaking type of back that you can use both of those and intertwine them, even put them both on the field at the same time. And uh, Coach DeBoer said, you know, they're really – they're not all that different as far as play style, but their bodies are quite a bit different. And so you're going to see them be used together and in, in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, even if um, Hornbeek is the number one ranked running back commit Fresno State's pulled in in the last 20 years, as far back as 24-7 sports goes. And I believe Arsenal is number two. <laughs> if not, he's really close to it. And so, I mean, neither one of these guys individually would be really significant for Fresno State. But to get both, I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal. And Arsenal, like Hornbeek, had a lot of those same Pac-12 offers. He had Cal, Utah, Oregon State, and uh, he had, I believe, 11 Mountain West schools offer him. So I have that right. So he had a lot of opportunities, and Fresno State had to, to really win that battle. Yeah, and it, it sounds like the, the Bulldogs are, are – have done a, a good job recruiting for the running back position there to to kind of try and shore things up with the the loss of uh, uh, of the running backs this season. So we'll see how that kind of pans out. Uh, but another position that Fresno State was looking to kind of bolster a little bit is that tight end position, and the, it looks like they might have done it here with a with a uh, a player coming out of Rio Rancho, New Mexico. Uh, at, at tight end, Trey Watson, uh, nationally 99th uh, tight end, uh, coming in at six foot five, two hundred and five pounds. Something to to kind of help shore up those those tight ends for Fresno State. Yeah, Trey is a, an interesting case because uh, he didn't have much of a junior season. He got injured, and he also, of course, did not get a senior season. They didn't play high school ball in New Mexico either, and uh, yet he was still so athletic and talented and even in New Mexico people sought him out and uh, he was enough to have a three-star rating and, and get quite a few offers come in he had 12 scholarship offers and then quite at the power five level a lot of them came close but uh, he's one of many recruits in this class that if they had that senior film might have been tough for Fresno State to hang on to uh, he was not only a football player obviously but he was also a basketball recruit a couple of Mountain West schools had been very interested in for basketball too. He's at six foot five and 215 pounds. And I mean, it's just got the athleticism, obviously as a basketball player that you just can't wait to throw some passes to him and the speed and athleticism to uh, get downfield and get open. Uh, it may take him a little while to be that blocker Fresno State's ultimately going to want at that position. But I mean, another versatile player and the tight end room was pretty thin this year and the, they suffered some injuries there. So I mean, Watson's a guy I could see filling a role at least pretty early in his Bulldog career. It's going to take him maybe a little while to be the complete tight end, uh, but he, there's definitely uh, a role for him to play right away as a, a pass-catching target for the Bulldogs. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that the the Bulldogs are going to need, especially if they uh, if they're going to continue to go on in the direction that they're going to be really pass heavy. They want to try and utilize the tight end position a lot more uh, in the future for the Bulldogs. Uh, but before they can even that do that, they're going to need some pass protection, especially after watching last week's game. Jackson, uh, the offensive line really struggled, um, but they went out and they picked up uh, an offensive lineman. 
Michigan by the name of Braylon Nelson, um, coming in at six foot five, three hundred and ten pounds. That, that's a that's a pretty big uh, uh, obstacle to move on the offensive line, don't you think, Jackson? <laughs> yeah, he's got the size, and uh, we've got him as a tackle because of that size. But he can play tackle or guard. I, I just talked to Braylon uh, yesterday. Actually, is my first chance to talk to him too. Usually. Just about every uh, Bulldog commit, we have a, an in-depth Q&A interview with and share that audio on the boards. And I'm going to plug right now that if you're listening and it's still signing day, you've got till 9 p.m. to grab a VIP subscription for 60% off. Uh, it's only three fifty-eight a month. It's cheaper than a Big Mac. So if you want uh, some next-level Fresno State <laughs> recruiting coverage, and it looks like we're going to have a couple interesting months with the roster and more recruiting, uh, take advantage of it now. Uh, there's a lot of if it's after 9 p.m. signing day, there's still a lot of cheap ways to get it in on the deal, too. But anyway, Nelson is um, uh, hes a guy that was committed to Colorado, and he probably would have stayed there. He's from Colorado, and he wanted to be a Buffalo, but their uh, coaching staff had a, a switch. He was a real early commit, and they had a late uh, coaching change really early in 2020 when most schools had already gone through the coaching carousel. So he decided to open things up. And uh, Coach DeVore just told us that they felt they just connected with him really well and that even though he's a Colorado guy, he's got some West Coast ties and also uh, just fits the program very well. And with that size and athleticism uh, that he brings, they also think he might be able to contribute earlier rather than later. We saw the Bulldogs play Mose Babalo this year as a true freshman, so they're not opposed to it. And, um, yeah, they're very high on Nelson. I would anticipate that. Um, they're going to go for some more linemen um, in the next recruiting site or period of the cycle, but Nelson is going to be tough to beat. He'll probably be the number one guy unless the Bulldogs go to the transfer portal or get a Juco that might uh, have a better chance of playing time. But Nelson's a very good get, one that probably should have went to the Pac-12. Yeah, it's uh, one of those that was a good pickup for the Bulldogs, uh, kind of uh, kind of fell in their lap, so to speak, and the Bulldogs pulled the trigger on him and uh, were able to hold on to him here at signing day. Um, another another area that Fresno State was trying to shore up was definitely going to be on the defensive line, uh, and they picked up an, an, a player by the name of Tito Ch- <laughs> Chicory. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm right on that one, Jackson, but uh, he's coming in at six foot three. Uh, 245 pounds, uh, really to kind of come in and help that defensive end position um, and should really uh, help thing, shore things up on the line there. Yeah, you know, I interviewed, I've interviewed Tito about two or three times and I realized in our, well, we did a special VIP feature where we shared about 45 minutes worth of interviews, uh, exclusive interviews with the staff and I was introducing each player and I realized I, I wasn't quite sure how to say his last name either and Coach <laughs> The board referred to him just as Tito, conveniently left out the last name. So we'll have to wait for the pronunciation guide maybe next year to make sure we've got that right. But, uh, I mean, he's the only Bulldog that uh, the commit that Fresno State went to Texas to get. Uh, they offered some players out there, but he's the only commit in the class from Texas. And really defensive line is probably the biggest need right now for the Bulldogs. And uh, Tito's a player that could be an end. He could be a interior guy, depending on how his body grows. Uh, they don't know if he's going to bulk up and put on some pounds kind of naturally because he is kind of a, a tweener right now, or if he stays as a, an athletic end right now. Um, you know, the Bulldogs are going to try to be more 
versatile with their defensive ends. They're going to be a little more uh, players that can flex. Maybe a one defensive end turns into an outside linebacker on one play. And so uh, Tito's a player, he calls himself a Swiss Army knife, a guy that can kind of play just about anywhere that, that you want him to uh, within reason. And uh, it'll just be a case of how what his body turns into over the next couple of years. But, um, you know, again, Bulldogs need a defensive lineman in, a, in a, the worst way. And he's a, a pretty solid get, a nice medium-range three-star guy that had some other Mountain West offers. Wyoming tried to steal him late, and uh, the Bulldogs hung on to him. Yeah, and and it, so the Bulldogs head to Texas to pick up a player there for for defense uh, on the defensive line, but the, the, also in our very own backyard, they were able to pick up another a defensive tackle by the name of uh, Julius Lewis out of Modesto, California, coming in at six foot five, two hundred and eighty pounds. Uh, that's a that's a great addition for the Bulldogs, don't you think, Jackson? Yeah, and he's a guy that has really bought into the the Valley mentality. Um, uh, he had uh, gotten an offer from Colorado after he committed to Fresno State, and he stayed the course with the Bulldogs, didn't sway away from being a, a Bulldog and wanting to put that green Z on the back of his helmet. Uh, I mean, he's a, a player that we didn't really know a whole lot about uh, when he committed to Fresno State, and his rankings just skyrocketed as uh, evaluators saw his um, his film and what he was capable of. He is... Um, like about top 50 defensive tackle in the nation. He's right over about 51, I think, by 24-7 sports. And it may not sound all that impressive, but when you're talking about 60 or so Power 5 schools, they usually pick up two or three defensive tackles on average. If it's tough to get, if you're not in one of those elite schools, they get someone in even the top 100. So and that's a big deal for Fresno State. Um, just kind of geographically, the reason why the Bulldogs are able to get a player of this caliber. and He's a really interesting player because he's six foot five, two eighty. He's massive, but you watch film and there's plays where he's a stand-up defensive lineman. I mean, he's doing all sorts of different rushing techniques. And uh, Fresno State wants to be um, have a lot of different various looks to their D line that they haven't quite scratched the surface with. With the first year being so unusual and not having a lot of uh, defensive linemen to work with, so I think he's going to be a key cog. I don't know how soon he'll he'll be in the rotation, but uh, he's going to be a player that they look to play either defensive tackle position, maybe even rush him from an edge technique from time to time. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a welcome uh, addition to the defensive line for Fresno State as they continue to try and and bolster that line. Uh, And and to do so, they even went outside of California once again to the state of Washington over to Seattle to pick up another defensive end by the name of Franco Groton, uh, coming in at six foot five, two hundred and fifteen pounds, he's he's slated to play that defensive end position again, and uh, you know Bulldogs are coming up with a strategy to go f- turn over every stone to try and get as many players <laughs> in here as possible, uh, and it looks like they did it again. Jackson, well, what do you think about this pickup? Yeah, this is exactly what I was referring to earlier. They really would like in this defense what they feel is going to make it work to a degree that they didn't have this year is a guy that he can be a defensive end on one play. He can be an outside linebacker on next play and uh, really make yourself versatile without having to substitute anyone in and out. And that's really what Michael Walker brought to the Bulldogs his senior year uh, where he was playing kind of all over the place. And the Bulldogs really didn't have the type of athlete to replicate that. And so, I mean, Grattan's going to be exactly that kind of guy. 
at 6'5", 215, he's obviously very long and a little lanky for a defensive end, but expect him to put on some weight, uh, perhaps, and just enough to where he's still mobile to, to drop back and be that kind of player as well. But uh, this was a really key position for Fresno State uh, to recruit in this class. And right now, they only have one guy that's really like him. But, um, I mean, that's exactly what they're looking for. So if he can come in and he's legitimate, he's another guy that can play right away. If he's not quite ready, then they may have to wait on some of their plans at that position. But um, definitely, that was one of the key priorities in this class. And uh, Grattan, he suffered an injury his junior season, and again, he didn't have a senior season, so he didn't get a lot of looks. A lot of guys in Washington, if they're not on the map, or it's tough for them to get those first couple of offers. He just had Fresno State and Eastern Washington. So as far as offer sheets go, he was probably the least recruited guy in the class, but he's one that the Bulldogs feel they got a steal, and that uh, is going to play a very important part uh, at some point in this Bulldog career. Yeah, definitely. the The lack of uh, of high schools playing this season is really uh, gonna gonna make things a little difficult for some of these players who are not getting as many looks as they would normally. And Fresno State might have might have pulled off a fast one on some of these other uh, universities by by picking up Groton. So we'll see how that one pans out. Uh, but another thing that Fresno State wanted. In, you know, it did this year was the addition of the Husky position on defense. And so I think what Fresno State decided this year was they're going to go after a few players to try and fill that role. And one of the first players they picked up was Malik Brooks, uh, coming in at six foot two, 205 pounds, uh, out of Las Vegas. So it, this could be where Fresno State starts to try and, and find the, the right players to fit that mold. Uh, what do you, what do you think about this uh, Malik Brooks Jackson? Yeah, and the Husky position is another one where again the four two five defense Fresno State's running um, didn't quite have the guys that they wanted necessarily for that position. They put um, Lavelle Bailey there, who in the last couple of games moved back to inside linebacker, uh, and so you I mean, and Bailey was the only player that's actually on scholarship that was playing that Husky position. Uh, true freshman uh, Justin Houston ended up playing a lot of those reps behind Bailey and then taking over the last couple of games. Um, so it shows that they really didn't have a, a well-developed group of personnel to play that position. And now you see it's a, a big uh, emphasis in this class. They took two or three guys that might play that one position. Um, Brooks, he's uh, exactly what they're looking for there too. He played all over the place. He played running back. He played linebacker. He played um in the defensive secondary as well. And so for Brooks, uh, he's kind of that hybrid linebacker that they're looking for at the Husky. You, uh, they're looking for uh, a defensive back that's big enough to help in the run or a linebacker that's fast enough to help in the pass. And so he's kind of the linebacker version of that. And uh, he was the first commit of the class and stayed through through the end for the Bulldogs, had an offer from BYU and Colorado State and New Mexico tried coming after him. But, uh, one that the Bulldogs are looked for right off the bat to play this position, and we're able to hang on to him. Absolutely, and and so the Bulldogs are are continue to make that push to try and fill that position. Uh, you know, with the emphasis of going after that uh, Husky position, they went after another player by the name of Amari uh, Amari Pate, um, coming in at six foot two, two hundred pounds, out of Culver City, California. Uh, another. Just to show you, Jackson, that 
they're really going after this uh, this position this season, and they're in the hopes of finding one or two guys that that really stand out. So Amari Pate was another guy on that list there. Yeah, and he's kind of on the opposite uh, end of the spectrum that I was talking about. He's more of a safety kind of body, defensive back, um, played some receiver in high school. He's a ball hawk kind of guy, and he's also fairly sizable as well. He's not the kind of guy you would normally see at a cornerback or safety with a six foot two, two hundred body. Maybe at safety, but Bulldogs have been a little bit smaller there uh, the last couple of seasons since Mike Bell left. But um, Pate has yeah, kind of that tweener, the hybrid. And he had a pretty uh, good list of offers as well. He had San Jose State and San Diego State that were uh, in there at the end for him. He also had Pac-12 offers from Arizona State and Oregon State. And so this was a a battle for Fresno State. And um, one of the more recent commits, he didn't sign in there, commit in the summer like most of the class did, but one that they really tried to to get as part of the class and uh, was going to be competing for that spot too, along with Brooks and some of the other returners. Yeah, and so there's gonna. It looks like there's gonna be a little bit of a, a competition going into next season because the next player on the list is also for that husky position uh, by the name of uh, Charlton Charles, and he comes in at six foot, one hundred ninety five pounds, out of Las Vegas, out of the the famous high school Bishop Gorman High, uh, which has produced a lot of talent. Uh, he is coming in and and, and going to be competing right away for that position as well. So what do you got on uh, on Charleston Charles? Yeah, you um, you love to see Bishop Gorman on your <laughs> recruiting class, but regardless of who it is, um, last one, I believe, I can recall, the Bulldogs brought in Robert Stanley, who became a pretty key cog of the D-line in 2017 as the Bulldogs started to turn things around. Um, Charleston Charles is, also kind of a hybrid guy. It sounded like based on what Coach DeBoer said today that he'll probably be more of an inside linebacker for the Bulldogs rather than a, a Husky position. The Bulldogs have just two traditional linebackers in this defense, and they didn't really recruit a, a true linebacker. Um, so with the, the way that the class turned out, it looks like Charles was going to be more of a, a traditional linebacker. Um, just watching the film, the one thing that really stood out to me was how he was um, – more of like a 3-4 outside linebacker a lot of times in his defense. He played a similar role where he might back up to safety or be an edge rusher. And, man, he is uh, tenacious as far as coming off the edge and getting into the backfield. He's going to be a really special rusher for the Bulldogs. And um, he may have some work to do as far as having a complete game and learning some other parts of this defense. But, man, if you need someone to get after the quarterback, I I like him a whole lot. And it looks like he's going to be – athletic enough to be in coverage um you know not the biggest guy as far as linebackers go at six foot 190 but there's a lot of things you can do with this guy and he has a chance to really develop over the next couple of seasons and his offer list was pretty long as well he was in the double digits had arizona off of him or offer him and uh most of the mountain west was after him and it looked like he might go to utah state at one point and fresno state really uh, pushed the effort and was able to get him and uh, make him a bulldog before he committed anywhere else. Yeah, it's gonna it it's definitely gonna be uh, fun to watch how these players are gonna progress at that position and see if if one of these guys uh, stands out above the rest. Uh, but uh, you know the bulldogs really did put an emphasis on that position. We'll see how things kind of kind of pan out heading into next season. 
another position that the Bulldogs were kind of um, looking to shore up a little bit is that cornerback position, and they did go go into this recruiting class and went after a couple of players. Uh, first one is Jalen Williams, uh, coming in at five foot eleven, one hundred and ninety pounds, uh, from Lancaster, California, and of course he's he's coming in at fifty four nationally which is not bad for the Bulldogs. So, um, you know, what do you got on him, Jackson? Yeah, um, you know, for the longest time, Jordan Hornbeek was at the top of this class rankings-wise, and this recent commit from Jalen Williams became the, the number one commit in the class. He doesn't have as many offers, and he wasn't as well-known, but uh, he's a guy that the scouts really, really liked, and he kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Uh, in fact, he's, his first offers came from Vanderbilt, Army, Navy, and Southern Utah. And when I first interviewed him uh, last month, he said he was basically down to either going to Army or, or Southern Utah. And then Fresno State came in the picture and Boise State came in the picture. And all of a sudden it became a, a Mountain West battle for him. Uh, what really got him some extra looks late in the game was that he attended a camp and ran a, he was a 4.46 uh, 40 time. And that really uh, woke up some coaches to what he was capable of. And uh, again, the Bulldogs and Broncos started getting real involved real late. And uh, Williams has said, you know, he doesn't really care about the rankings. He just wants to come in and, and compete. And uh, he's not looking at that by any means. And his recruiting process went a little slow. So he's definitely not big-headed for being a, a top-ranked recruit. But uh, he really likes what Fresno State had to offer, both being close to home and the tradition here, even saying that he likes what Fresno State has to offer compared to Boise State and all the success they've had. So uh, a big time get late in the game for Fresno State when, you know, you look at about the top 80 or 90 recruits in California, I think about 90% had committed already. Uh, Williams was one of the, the top 10 best available and Fresno State went out and got him with an extra spot. So that was a, a really good get for Fresno State. And it looked like they were only going to take one cornerback and he became the second. So that, that cornerback class uh, stepped up a level in my mind right here at the end. Yeah, it, it really it really kind of helped solidify this recruiting class by the addition uh, of, uh, of Jalen Williams there. So things, uh, things are looking good at that cornerback position, but they weren't done yet there at that position. They did pick up another cornerback by the name of Alzillion Hamilton, and he comes in at five foot eleven, one hundred and eighty pounds, um, out of Hayward, California. Uh, so another California kid. Uh, so it looks like another good addition to uh, to kind of help bolster uh, the cornerback position at Fresno State. Yeah, and initially it sounded like Fresno State was only going to take one corner, and he was really their top priority. And they went out and they got him, so that was a, a big deal. And now all of a sudden he's the the second best cornerback as far as rankings go in the class, but. Um, he was uh, definitely a Mountain West guy. He had six offers, Nevada, New Mexico, San Diego State, San Jose State, and Wyoming. Uh, they were all battling for him. And I talked to him a couple times over the, the recruiting process, and he was pretty open to all the schools. So Fresno State really had to make uh, an impression on him, and uh, they very much prioritized him as one of their top uh, targets of the class and uh, were able to get through to him and get his commitment. So, again, another uh, cornerback, I think uh, Hamilton, I'm not sure if he has maybe the same kind of speed as Jalen Williams does, but he's more of a technician perhaps with the position. He's got the confidence you need in a cornerback. That's one thing Coach DeBoer uh, really emphasized. They like his quiet confidence at the position, which is always 
uh, critical for a cornerback because uh, you might get beat on a play because <laughs> you don't want that to snowball. So uh, the Hamilton definitely was um, one that they wanted. And uh, uh, between him and Williams, I mean, this is a, a really solid two corners that they were able to bring in. Yeah, so that, that kind of helps the Bulldogs defensively, but they weren't done yet. They did bring in one more defensive player uh, in this recruiting class at the safety position. They brought in Julian Neal, um, coming in at six foot four, 195 pounds from San Francisco, California. Uh, and, of course, this is a, this is a player that uh, it brings in some good height at that position, Jackson. So uh, what do you got on Julian Neal? Yeah, when I first saw Julian, he reminded me a lot of um, Aaron Mosby, just body-wise, the way Mosby came in. Now, Mosby's bulked up a lot since he got here, and he's uh, uh, obviously a a linebacker-type body, but um, when he got here, he was more of a receiver safety kind of guy, and that's where Julian Neal is right now. He stands at six foot four, about 200 pounds, and... um, He's probably not the hitter, Mosby. I mean, Mosby's a, a different kind of physical linebacker, but uh, Neil can do a lot of different things. He was a, a key receiver at his high school. He could play safety. He could drop down as a linebacker. And, um, I mean, you just see what he does with the ball in his hands, both on offense as a receiver and defense after getting picks. And this guy's got uh, a lot of raw talent, and um, he didn't get a lot of offers to San Jose State, and uh, Eastern Washington offered him, but – um, one that not just the coaching staff, but a lot of uh, recruiting evaluators I've talked to believe he has a really high ceiling and a lot of untapped potential. So um, this is a guy that may not play next year for the Bulldogs, but might be one of those juniors or seniors a couple of years down the road that NFL guys are looking for. Uh, we know Mike Bell hasn't caught on in the NFL, but he sure got a lot of looks for his size. And, and Neil might be the same kind of safety if he's, a little bit faster, he might be a potential next-level guy uh, if he really buys in and is able to uh, progress at Fresno State. Yeah, and and that looks looks to be good for for Fresno State as they they get this recruiting class in and and settling in and and seeing what some of these players have to offer. Uh, but it looks like there was one more player on the list, but uh, you you kind of have in parentheses here he is yet to commit. Uh, do you have any other news on Roland Fullwood? He was an offensive lineman uh, coming in at six foot five, three hundred and five pounds. Did he sign, or is he still out waiting to be signed? Yeah, Fullwood did not sign. Fresno State's released their their full class, and Coach DeBoer. We just had his press conference, so it looks like they're done for the day. But um, what I'm hearing is that Fullwood's probably going to sign in February. That's the plan, and so as long as everything goes well, uh, that'll be the case. Um, you know, there's not much going on in terms of high school football anytime soon it looks like so I don't think he's looking for any offers or anything it's just a, a case where uh, both sides found it mutually beneficial to to wait to February to get that done um, Fullwood had offers from he was once offered from USC but more recently he had Kansas UNLV San Diego State Nevada uh, looks like central left tackle for the Bulldogs uh, and the guy that Fresno State's really hoping to get in so hopefully they work out whatever needs to be worked out there and uh one more addition today we're still trying to sort out exactly the specifics but um another husky type defensive back husky or safety committed to fresno state right here today on national signing day and that is a zeke Branham from arizona a three-star recruit he had some pac-12 preferred walk-on offers and he had a handful of other offers um, air force and army were two schools that were in it for him late 
and uh, he's going to come to Fresno State one way or another. It looks like we haven't figured out exactly. Uh, they, he wasn't introduced with the class today, but uh, it does look like he's headed to Fresno State, maybe a, a blue shirt or one of those kind of situations. But uh, definitely a, a, a very valuable addition to the class late, another three-star recruit, and uh, kind of that surprise we weren't expecting today. Yeah, exactly, and 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 there there could still be more surprises. Who knows <laughs> when it comes to uh, college football that things always pan out some one way or another. Uh, but you know we're, we're a little short on time today because Jackson has to head off to another press conference. Uh, so uh, Jackson, any final thoughts? Any final words for the uh, Bulldog faithful out there? Yeah, you know, just stay tuned to BarkSport.com. We still have a lot of signing day content coming through. Uh, there's a lot that went on the VIP board last night and today. And again, uh, 60% off a year if uh, you sign up by 9 p.m. tonight. And if uh, you missed that one, there's still uh, you can try us with a seven-day free trial. You can try us uh, for just a dollar on your first month, and there might be some other promos you, you can catch as well. So. Uh, you don't want to miss out on that. And a big thank you to all of our subscribers that have stuck with us through this unusual year. It's been crazy. Um, it's been, uh, in a lot of ways, way more successful than I had imagined it was going to be. It hasn't been easy, and it's been there's been a lot of anxiety and stuff. But um, a lot of our subscribers, just about all of them, stuck through with us and uh, and meant a lot to us and our effort through this difficult time. So. Thankful to know Sparkboard's still in a, a good spot after uh, several months without Fresno State sports. It was worrisome, but um, we're, I think we're back on track and hopefully uh, uh, that 2021 is even returns to more normalcy. And of course, all that fails in comparison to a lot of the stuff you all have been through this year, I'm, I'm sure. So uh, best wishes to everyone out there, to the Red Wave, and a uh, big thank you again. Uh, to all the listeners and the subscribers and the, the readers in any capacity at parkboard.com. We appreciate y'all. Yeah, we are, we are very grateful for everyone, and uh, um, we just want to continue to to bring the, the latest information to you the best that we can. So if you're looking for Jackson Moore, you can find him on Twitter at uh, JacksonMoore247. You can find me on Twitter at Red Wave Report. You can also find us on Facebook. Uh, just look for thebarkboard.com. And also, if you uh, haven't done so already, check us out on our boards uh, where all the latest information is published. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.